We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're on the Blue Iron Network. We're brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here as always with Jason Pat. We're doing a live episode after the first Bulls game of the season. Uh, the Bulls got smoked. It was an absolute disaster. I don't have the final score in front of me, Jason. This is a live episode. So- <laughs> 124 to 104 because the Bulls dominate garbage time again. They've they did that in the preseason too. Uh, so good for them. But we know one thing about the Bulls is they can dominate garbage time. Yeah, uh, at least we didn't get any timeouts when they're down, you know, 30 points with 13 seconds left so they could drop a play for Adam Makoka. Instead, Adam Makoka was actually in the game in the first quarter. Oh. And that might have been your first red flag that this Bulls game was going to be atrocious. The Bulls gave up 42 to the Hawks in the first quarter. They gave up 83 in the first half. And, you know, while the Bulls lost by 20 this game, it was not that close. I mean, if the Hawks wanted to, the Hawks could have beaten the Bulls by 50, 60 points tonight. That was without Rajon Rondo, Chris Dunn, Clint Capella, and Yeko Kongwu. So, you know, for Bulls fans saying, well, they're missing Sato, they're missing some other guys, let's wait to see the full team. I mean, the Hawks were missing what would have been a lineup that would have been as talented as the Bulls starters, pretty much. And this game was just a disaster, Jason. I mean, you could not ask for a worse start to the season. You could not ask for a worse start to the Billy Donovan era and the Arturis Karnaschovas era. And if anyone thought that the Bulls were, like, meaningfully closer to a playoff spot, to a championship, uh, after, you know, replacing Garpax and not touching the rest of the roster this year, just hoping that the young core assembled by the previous front office would mature for another season and get the team closer to a significant improvement. I think after one quarter of the first game of the season, it is overwhelmingly obvious that the Bulls are fucking terrible. This is going to be another lost season. And, you know, we can go over some good positives, but at the end of the day, this is not a good team. This was supposed to be one of the easier games on the schedule, and they gave up 83 in the first half to a Hawks team that actually won two fewer games than the Bulls last year. Uh, I'm so disappointed in the new front office that they made no changes to the roster. Obviously, you know, they couldn't add talent the way the Hawks did, who signed Gallinari, uh, signed Bogdanovich, signed Dunn and Rondo. But you could have chosen a path and, you know, started to trade some of the former, some of the members of the old core. But, Jason, Jim Boylan was so bad that they didn't even think they could evaluate a team that was atrocious for the last three seasons 
uh, or, you know, season and a half under Boylan because the coaching was so bad. And uh, that's sort of how you get into this position where this is absolutely just going to be a throwaway season for the Bulls. After only one game, we can already tell that. <laughs> they are clearly tanking towards the bottom of a pretty pretty good draft. I think it's a good draft. I'd say it's better than an average draft. And maybe they will land a top three pick and they can finally get a talented infusion on the roster. But, oh, my God, this is going to be a brutal fucking year for us to watch. Yeah, I don't want to, like, do the whole, like, huge one-game overreaction here. And, like, the Hawks played great. The Bulls were, I mean, a fucking joke. I mean, they were absolutely terrible. Like, there were, we, like I said, you, we, there were a few positives we can bring out. But, like, uh, a few of the huge concerns that we had coming into the season after the preseason were the lead ball handling situation. Can Kobe White be a point guard? Uh, can the front court actually do anything? And, uh, let's see, Kobe White had maybe one of the worst, I guess he ended up having seven assists, but like, whatever, that was a lot of garbage time crap. Like, he was absolutely atrocious. I tweeted during the game that like, how I, I made fun of Andrew Wiggins a lot last night for his just abysmal performance, uh, against the Nets in their season over. Kobe White was even worse than that. At one point, he was one for ten from the field. He had like no idea what he was doing offensively. I mean, he just looked like he was like scared, just, Hesitant all over the place, obviously lost his confidence, had no chance guarding Trey Young, just a complete, absolute annihilate. Trey Young had 37 points on 10 of 12 shooting today. It's complete control of the game for Trey Young. Uh, I know they tried like Levine on him to start, nothing. Kobe White had no answer and he was like falling all over the floor. So the, uh, first glimpse of, I guess not total actual first, he played, he started one game last year against a terrible Cavs team, but his first real test is the starting point guard, just a complete and utter failure. And Kobe White is not this bad. I mean, he's going to shoot better. He's not, he's not this terrible, but I mean, it was one of the, it was the big question mark coming into the season was can Kobe White play point guard? And he, and he just had one of the worst games he'll ever see. And he mentioned Sadoransky. They did miss Sadoransky. Not that he was going to like be the huge difference here, but like you have Kobe playing terribly and then you're playing, you're bringing Archie Diakono was like the first guy off your bench and you, and Adam Makoka's getting minutes and like, like you said, that's just a huge red flag when those two guys are like your first guys guards off your bench in a game like this. Like I, said, I know they've had some weird things with Sato and Denzel and Garrett Temple and stuff like that, but like, are you like, are you kidding me with that? And then I mentioned Wendell Carter Jr. Absolutely awful. His first stint was terrible. Just can't shoot. He couldn't, he didn't shoot. He uh, had a few bad turnovers early. He obviously did nothing to help the defense. The defense was absolutely roasted from the start. Trey Young again, completely controlling the flow of the game with his shooting, with his passing, and then it just kind of flows from there. And we, John Collins dunking all over everybody. Uh, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter had some nifty moves to the basket. Gallinari, uh, quiet game, but he also hit some, hit some shots. And then off the bench, I mean, Kevin Herter, Bogdanovich. I mean, the Hawks just have a lot of pretty solid players and the Bulls just did not like, I guess like if you want to look at positives, we have Lowry and Pat Williams had decent games. Like, I mean, Lowry's like stat box score looks good. 21, seven, four, but he can't play defense. He, they tried him at the five. Some was, was bad. Uh, like just no, no help at the rim, stuff like that. So like Lowry put 21 points on six and nine shooting four, six and three, like looks good. But like a lot of that was, it was, was in the game was already out of hand too. He showed some decent stuff with passing, but again, like, I mean, this is when they were down 30, 40 points in the third quarter. Uh, I think like the only decent thing was Patrick Williams. He had 16 points, five of 11 shooting, hit some nice jumpers, some pull-up stuff. He had a nice three. I know he missed a few, uh, a few of those little push shots that he tries, but I mean, overall, just like, like I said, I don't want to overreact totally about how like bad this team will be. Uh, but like the, the total lack of defensive eff- efforts, 
no competitiveness at all, no help defense in transition. There was one possession. I think the Bulls made a basket, and then they come right down, and Kevin Herter hits a wide-open three in transition. Off a made basket, Billy Dodman calls a timeout. That kind of stuff is what was just truly embarrassing. And I know they're they're working on this new drop defense, and when you I know, uh, when you're playing a team like the Hawks with this many ball handlers, this many shooters, John Collins can step out and hit shots. Gallo can step out and hit shots. Like, the, if you play the drop defense bad, you're going to get roasted from outside, and that's what happened. But, like, just the complete – there was just no resistance, like, at all on almost everything. Like, there were a few, like, random defensive plays. Patrick Williams had a nice block. But I think the Bulls will – the Bulls will play better offensively, as, like, as bad as Kobe was. And just – the shoot they shot, like, 8 of 35 from 3, and a few of those threes were, were late. They were, they were really just bad shooting. I think they'll shoot better. But the defense, like, did they miss Chris Dunn, like, and Shaq Harrison that much? Like, if, if they're going to bring this kind of effort defensively, like, they will be very, very, very bad. And – I came into the season with a bit of optimism. I thought like they could go over their win total is around 28, 29. Like the way the season starts, like they lose a game like this, the way the season, they got the Pacers next, they're tough. We'll see the Warriors. I don't know. They were also terrible, but the Nets look really good. Like if the Bulls get out to this really bad start, maybe they just do go in a full blown tank mode. I don't know. Obviously just a very discouraging way to start this season. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I hear your point about not overreacting to the first game, but the reality is they've been absolutely awful for the last three years. They did nothing to improve the roster this year. They didn't do anything to improve their asset base either. Their entire plan was that these guys that were assembled by the last front office, meaning Markinen, Carter, Kobe, Levine, they would raise their trade value playing for a coach other than Jim Boylan. It once again touches on what a disastrous hire Boylan was. He was so fucking bad that you can't even tell that one of the worst teams in the league was actually bad because the coach was, you know, such a significant drain on them. So uh, I think that it's just really, really disappointing as a way to start the season. And you said that, you know, things don't exactly get easier. They have Indiana. Man, the Warriors look terrible, too, in arrow. But that was against Ant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, that'll, you know, be an interesting game to watch. And then Washington lost tonight to Philly, but Washington looked pretty good. And when I look at this schedule, those first five games were supposed to be, to me, when the Bulls sort of showed if they were going to have any, you know, any semblance of competitiveness this year. Like, if you were thinking this team could get the eighth seed or could at least get into the play-in tournament and make it interesting, I really think they had to go three and two over these first five games. And like I said, the Hawks won less games than the Bulls last year. They were missing even more players than the Bulls were. This should have been a game the Bulls theoretically could have won. The Hawks were only a two-point favorite coming into this game, and the Bulls give up 83 fucking (laughs) points in the first half. I mean, Jesus Christ. And now, let's just go through the roster, Jason, really quick. Wendell Carter Jr. Terrible. Terrible. What the hell? I've loved Wendell Carter Jr. since he was a high school player. Did a big feature on him. uh, Talked to his parents back in the day. Really held out hope that the coaching change would positively impact him. He looks totally lost right now. And it's not just offensively. Offensively, he simply does nothing well. I mean, he doesn't shoot. He's not a high-level passer. Uh, he's not a lob guy. He's not someone who you could just put in the dunker spot and expect to slam at home. He's he's brutal. He does nothing offensively, and uh, that is just a, a gigantic blow to the Bulls because I really thought that he was a good piece to their rebuild. I was totally wrong about that. Unless he makes significant improvements, uh, that just looks like another poor pick. And now I do think that Wendell 
will be pretty good defensively because he has been a good defensive player throughout his career. Yes, there's a scheme change. Yes, they had a shortened preseason and a shortened training camp, but he looked terrible defensively tonight, man. I mean, he can't close out on shooters that are popping. He was getting lost trying to guard Collins' lob threat. He wasn't doing anything in this game. This was a really bad game. And the worst thing about Wendell Carter, the thing that bums me out the most about him, is that I feel like his most recent performance or even the most recent play on the floor he really takes it to heart. He's not really a next place, a next play guy, as they say. It's a scouting term, meaning like, you know, if you have a bad play, you're just going to forget it, have the same demeanor next time down the court. That's not Wendell Carter. I feel like Wendell Carter really carries his bad plays and his bad performances. And quite frankly, this was a terrible performance. <laughs> and you got yeah. Larry Markinen, who, like you said, great line. I mean, you look at the final box score, 21 points on six and nine shooting, seven boards, four assists. You're like, all right, maybe this was one of Lowry's better games. Well, he was a team worst minus 34. He was getting <laughs> absolutely exposed defensively the entire game. Yes, his jump shot was falling. Uh, in, you know, that needs to happen regardless. But I think this was an outlier shooting performance for Mark. And given what we've seen earlier in his career, this was not an outlier defensive performance, right? Right. So yeah. I think that like Carter and Mark both immediately giant red flags, extremely disappointing. Kobe, I fully agree with your analysis that he's going to be better moving forward. He shot one of seven from three point range. We do know he's a very streaky player, but he can be a prolific outside shooter and prolific scorer. The problem is, though, is that he's the point guard, and he simply is not a point guard. Him and Zach Levine have a lot of similarities in their game. Zach last year was the guy who was burdened with creating the offense in the half court. The Bulls finished with the number 29 offense in the NBA. Zach just wasn't good enough at it. All right, so now Kobe gets it. I was making all these clips of Kobe making bad passing reads on on the floor. I was going to tweet him out, and I'm like, well, now it's just a 40-point beat halftime, <laughs> so what's the point? of even, like, breaking down the game. Like, everything just sucks. Douse it in gasoline, light it on fire. Uh, Kobe White as a point guard, is it's just not going to go well. And you want to talk about another thing that is going to short-circuit your evaluation process. Last year it was like, well, we can't evaluate our shitty team because we have such a bad head coach. Now it's going to be like, well, we can't evaluate our shitty team because we have no point guard play. So the entire concept of this season being like, let Kobe go at point guard. We're going to evaluate everyone. Well, if you don't have a facilitator to get people involved, it's going to be tough to really know what you have. Now, I think, you know, at this point, I mean, you probably feel pretty confident in some of our evaluations on these guys. Yes, it's a long season. I do think Carter's going to be better defensively. I don't want to totally write him off, but, I mean, it was a terrible preseason, terrible first game, not a very good first two years. So at some point, like... You kind of got to wear it if it's a mistake. I'm talking about myself here, giving him a positive evaluation early in his career. And, yeah, I mean, Zach is a talented player, but he's still Zach Levine, right? Like, he's not going to suddenly become a master at reading the floor and making the right read in the pick and roll. He's not going to suddenly become a good defensive player, even though he does work really hard defensively. I think he has the right approach in the offseason. But, you know, it's just an ability to, like, recognize things quickly and to instinctively know where to be, uh, both where to go with the ball and where to be defensively. And Zach just doesn't have that. So uh, I would say if you're looking at this this roster right now, Jason, the only reason to watch this entire season is Patrick Williams. 
So this is just going to be another season that's totally flushed down the damn toilet. We got Patrick Williams to watch, and then we have nothing else. I mean, they <laughs> didn't even get rid of Cornette and Archie Diacono and Felicio. They had all these guys. They didn't even try to get one or two interesting young guys from other teams that they might have liked somewhere else. So to kind of show this, I'm happy. Obviously, I'm happy that Foreman got fired. If I'm kind of show this, the first thing I'm doing after this game, Jason, is firing John Paxson. John <laughs> Paxson is the guy who assembled this core. Yes. Fucking fire him for it. He fucking sucks. This game was an absolute <laughs> disgrace. And I don't want to overreact. But, I mean, dude, this is supposed to be the easy game. What they might, as well, you they might as well overreact. They were down what? by 40 points in this game at one point. I mean, come on. What like, do you do think you- is going to happen? When they play the teams that are actually good. So, I don't know, man. I'm fucking pissed this game. I, I'm i sorry if I'm swearing too much. I get a little <laughs> sometimes. But this was a bad game, dude. I wish that if there were fans, it would have been really cool to get a fire guard packs chant in the stadium. Maybe they could have done it just like it's All-Star Weekend. Uh, brutal performance from the Bulls tonight. Very speaking, speaking of the fan thing, I just quick note that the fake fan stuff. Like I've been like obviously I watch a lot of games and a lot of these places have been doing it. The the piped in fan stuff is really fucking weird. Like there was like the, the Hawks would like get a basket and you'd hear like an oh like a weird groan from the crowd that was, was just like really bothering me and throwing me off. Obviously, not not important at all, but it's like just very weird fan stuff. In general, though, love that we're bringing John Paxson into this. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> After one game, I, like I, I'm really curious what he's doing at, at this point, or what what his job actually is. He's probably just getting a nice fat paycheck. But uh, also, Doug Collins. I'm curious if is Doug Collins still with the organization? I don't, like not that he has had that much to do with them, but I, I saw. I think KC tweet about Doug Collins recently. I was curious if he's still there, but yeah. I mean, overall, just. Such a disheartening performance. I I, can't, I cannot believe they actually lost this game this much. I know the Hawks are a really fun team. Again, like they're really they're really talented. Just like all the wings and guards they have with the Ed Bogdanovich, uh, they got like Kevin Herter's like their seventh or eighth guy and just a really nice player. Like so, like they'll be a lot of fun. They're going to be a really good offensive team. I think just in general, they should probably be a top ten offense. I feel like you would think with with all they got and with Trey Young running that whole show. But man, yeah, just just absolutely. Absolutely brutal. Um, we got some good comments in here. We have, we have several people. Looks like a G League team. Hey, Paxson, fire yourself again. Bulls will be the worst team in the league. And we got Justin Crawford here. Doesn't want to write him off after one game. I agree that I don't think they are. I'm not totally writing them off after after one game here. But just again, yeah, so discouraging. Just the the total lack of. Just any competitiveness. It was right from the start. They just got absolutely blown off the floor right from the start. You go up eight, I think that 83 points was, I think, the most uh, the Bulls, I think, have given up probably in a first half. And, like, not ever. I think the Warriors put, like, 100 on them that one game and Clay at 14 threes or whatever. But I think that was the most they've given up in an opener in a first half ever. I think probably for the Hawks as well. So basically a historic night at the United Center for, for both teams. I think for Bulls with futility and the Hawks with putting up points. So, yeah, you just, like, obviously – they they got to kind of write got to write this one off, burn the tape. It was very bad. You got to move on and have a happy holidays and have a few days off before you get back to the Pacers. But man, it is it is really bad. And the, I guess going back to the doing nothing in the off season, I think tonight kind of showed the issue of not bringing in another point guard. I know again, Sato's out, and I think Sato's a stable presence. He's he's can kind of slow things down. He's steady, he's a smart player, but like just not bringing in a veteran point guard was something that 
they we talked about that we thought that they were going to make some type of trade or some type of move. I know there may, there might not have been that much out there, but just not having another type another ball handler, another lead guard there just was it was very evident tonight. It was just it was just completely terrible. Uh, and and the offensive and it's, some of the passing. I, I think we I mean with with between Kobe and I think Lowry Lowry had some better passes that he as he went on. But I think it was there was like in the second quarter when the game really got out of hand. When some of the turnovers the Bulls had, just the passes, just completely terrible, just all over the place. It, it looked like a, people. Some people have mentioned here, like the, it looked like a G League team tonight, and they did. Like some of the stuff they were doing, they looked like G Leaguers. It was it was totally totally embarrassing, and it, it just not not a good product at all. Jason, how many days was it since the Bulls' last game? I think it was two hundred seventy five days. Does that sound right? I, that sound. I mean, March. So it was like nine months, basically. I don't have, definitely don't have it exactly. So. so the point is, what the fuck were these guys doing since March? Like, when the season paused, when last season paused, and it restarted in the bubble, you had a player like Tyler Hero, who clearly made big leaps in the bubble because he had five months off in the last time he played a game. It was almost like he made his sophomore leap during his rookie season because the league paused for so long, right? Well, what was Carter doing? What was Markinen doing? What was Kobe doing? These guys should have been improved, even though, yes, it's the first game. Yes, the preseason was shortened. Yes, training camp was shortened. But how about individual improvement? You had nine months to get better, and I didn't have not seen any noticeable uh, improvements from these guys to this point. So. I think the, the Wendell thing is especially disappointing. A lot of people are talking about him in our comments here just – we were both like so high in him. We were so excited about. Oh, all right, they're going to use Wendell correctly. Like Boylan wasn't using correctly, and he wasn't. Like, and, I mean, maybe there's a point where maybe he, he realized. I, like, I don't want to give uh, too much credit to Jim Boylan here, who apparently got a, a shot a consulting gig with the Blazers for a few weeks. Good for Jim Boylan, but we were all okay. Wendell Carter Jr. Like, we he needs to be used better. Use his skills, his passing. He he should be a better shooter than he's shown so far. And what we've seen so far is, I think Billy has tried to use him and. The, the ways that we've wanted to see it. And it's just not there as some people are kind of throwing out there. He's, he just doesn't look mentally there. He looks scared to either shoot, not making the right, not making the right passes, not making the right reads. It just that I think he's probably the most disappointing with Kobe. He's still learning the point guard position. I know he was especially better, but I think Wendell was probably the most disappointing player tonight, even though he was bad in the preseason, just like, just, there just seems to be just no growth there at all. And it's just for somebody who we thought we were hoping for, a nice leap here. And again, it's one game, but I mean, it's not, it's not just one game. It's the preseason as well. So like, like what is like, if he's just a total zero offensively, that's, that's brutal. And again, he was really bad defensively tonight. It was a tough matchup for him, but I mean, if he's bad and that's just a huge, that's definitely a huge problem. I mean, maybe not a huge problem. Maybe just you start shipping guys off and you kind of start this thing over again, build around Patrick Williams, but just super disappointed considering how, what we've talked about, Wendell Carter and what we've hoped to see from him. Here's the other thing, too. I have all these people in my mentions being like, well, you know, it's an absolutely loaded draft and the Bulls can find their star. Like, bro, they tanked during the draft that had Trey Young. They didn't get him. They tanked during the draft Luka. that had Doncic. They didn't get him. They tanked during the draft that had Zion Williamson. They didn't get him. So you can tank and you can still get left out of these guys. 
So, I mean, that, you know, that's another problem the Bulls had in previous years is they didn't actually fully commit to getting the best possible odds at the number one overall pick. They had fucking Sean Kilpatrick winning games down the stretch that they had no business winning. The year year after the Jimmy trade, that was the Luka draft, right? It was seven and oh with Nico. They were three, they were three and 20, clearly the worst team in the league without Nico after the, after the Portis punch. Uh, and then they come back and they win seven games. I know they ended up only winning 27, but I think they came, they just missed, uh, getting in position to possibly take Luca. And that, and that, I mean, that, and that's a killer because, and I think, was that also the season where Sean Kilpatrick, I think that was all the same thing where like Nico wins you, you go on a seven game winning shape with him. Sean Kilpatrick gets signed at the end of the year as like a favor. I think that was like a, a Bartlestein guy and he wins you a few games and then you ended up winning a few more games and they really should have after starting like three and 20. They ended up winning 27 games that year, and that was the year, like, they traded Jimmy to, they traded Jimmy to tank. Uh, and then they, like, didn't fully do it. They miss out on Luka, and they get Wendell, who, again, we, we were high, maybe not super high hopes for him. We thought he'd be a lot better, and so far he's been a, been a downer. Uh, and then they get, what, Kobe the next year, who, and, well, again, Kobe I think will be better. Who knows if he'll actually be a lead guard. Again, huge question marks there, so. They've kind of like, they've been awful. I think they have the second or third worst record in the NBA since trading Jimmy, but they haven't gotten super high in the draft. They got fourth this year, obviously, Patrick Williams, but they haven't gotten into that top three and they've missed out on like the total, total studs. And that's definitely a super big bummer when considering just how bad that they've been. Yeah, for sure. There's some good questions here. What about Otto? Someone just asked. I actually, so Otto obviously looks a little out of shape. I think there's no doubt about that. Uh, he just has not played much basketball the last two years, right? But yeah. <laughs> I actually think that Otto looked decent tonight. He tried. He was trying. He had a lot, some offensive rebounds. He shot decently, I think. So, like, he was fine. Five, 14 points, five of 10, two steals, three offensive rebounds. I think there was at least some effort there. Like, obviously, the defense as a whole was mostly terrible for the team, but – I mean, Otto was fine. I am curious. Like, obviously, Patrick Williams did look pretty good, and we'll talk about more about him in a little bit here. But I, I'm very curious, like, if they're going to keep Patrick Williams in the starting line. But I guess you might as well. Like, if they're, if, especially if things go bad, you might as well just play Patrick Williams as many minutes as you can. Like, I'm curious when Sato comes back, will they keep Otto Porter coming off the bench, move Patrick Williams back to the bench? I, I feel like they're doing this now just for a little added juice of offense to that bench. Bench. I'm not totally sure. Uh, he. <laughs> He definitely does. As several people are mentioning, he does look fat and out of shape. That's absolutely, absolutely true. As an expiring contract, like, obviously, I think if this season goes bad, you are desperately looking to trade him for something. The fact that he's making $28 million, uh kind of diff- makes a trade possibly difficult for what you can get. Maybe you take another – if the Bulls are absolutely terrible, maybe you take a bad contract back. Uh, and get a first round pick because Otto, if he works himself into shape and he's still a good player, he can help a contender. Uh, so I would think that they maybe look to trade him at some point down, uh, this season, especially if it goes terribly as, as this first game did. So yeah, I don't know. Wow, so here's a quote from Donovan on Kobe White. This is from Casey Johnson, just tweeted it. As I was trying to explain to him during the course of the game, we're coming down the floor and guys don't necess- guys don't know necessarily what we're in at that moment in time, even though we're trying to play fast. I think that's part of his learning curve. So, I mean, to me, that's Donovan sort of like recognizing that Kobe had a lot of issues as the facilitator. If Kobe doesn't make significant improvement as the facilitator this year, I think it's pretty realistic that they're going to be one of the very worst teams in the league. 
And the reality of the situation is that I guess you have to think of this as year zero of the rebuild, or I guess year one of the rebuild, but it should be the fourth year. And so that is part of what makes this entire season so fucking frustrating. It's like, you already pissed away three years. What do you have to show for it? And I'll ask you this question, Jason. Yes. Let's say, you know, when the Bulls had Jimmy Butler, you had people who said, oh, you can't pay Jimmy Butler the max contract. You got to trade him now so you don't lose him for nothing. If the Bulls would have lost Jimmy Butler for nothing, would they actually be in a worse position than they are right now? I would say they punted two years of Jimmy Butler because they didn't want to pay him two years in the future. They did get something for him, but Chris Dunn's already off the team. Lowry, you decided not to extend. Levine remains Zach Levine. He's a pretty good player who is miscast in his role with the Bulls. But they could have kept Jimmy, lost him for nothing, and been in this exact same position or maybe even been in a better position because perhaps they actually tanked to the bottom and get, you know, a number one overall pick type situation. But, uh, I mean, Jesus, dude, if you were trading Jimmy Butler to kickstart the rebuild, holy shit, was that a fucking failure? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that things would be any, I mean, the last three, again, the last three years, they've been, I think, the second worst team record-wise in the NBA behind, with the Knicks only being worse. And yet they still haven't gotten into the top three again. So it's like, and there was some other funny stat I was actually looking at today. The Bulls haven't actually been over 500, even like at the start of these terrible years, since uh, 20, I believe it's February 2017, uh, since the three alpha seasons. So like even these terrible years, they haven't even like won their, like their first game or like maybe started okay. Like every year has started terribly, and this is just like going down that same path. So like, yeah, I mean, to your back, like I said, back to your question about Jimmy, like if you just, I, mean, I guess if you keep him, like you'd probably stay competitive. Uh, and then if he walks for nothing, and I can't, I can't remember how many years he left that had on his contract, what, two years? Two. So he'd be competitive for a couple of years, and then you'd tank last year, I think, because Jimmy signed with the Heat last season. Uh, so if he would have left or whatever, something like that last season, and then you're really bad this year, and I, I guess in a bad draft. But either way, like, again, you probably would not be in that much of a worse spot. I don't know. Like, it, I mean, the Bulls have, have won so few games, and, like, looking at this current core, like, I, how many guys are actually long-term pieces right now? Like, I mean, they don't sign Lowry an extension. Like, are you bringing him back after the season as a restricted free agent? If things go terribly this year, I don't really see why you would. Uh, when, uh, Zach, if, if things go bad this year, uh, you're probably looking to trade him. Zach had, had obviously his moments tonight where he kind of kept the Bulls in it in the first half for a little bit. And then his shooting was just super cold the rest of the game. And he was in foul trouble, clearly lost his rhythm. But I mean, Zach is a real, Zach, I think as we've talked about a million times that he's a very he, great off ball player. He's a he, great scorer, but just the decision making, he had five turnovers, one assist tonight. Obviously the assist stuff can rely on other players, but that he's just not that number one guy. He'd be a great number two, great number three. Uh, but like as great as a, of a score as he can be. And he hit some ridiculously tough shots tonight. Like, if he's your number one guy, you're in trouble. And especially I mean, with the he best can, roster. And he can be a number two scorer, but he's not going to be your second best player on a good team. He's not going to be the second guy on the team that influences winning the most. He could be your second scoring option. But, like, him being cast as, like, the star, and we're going to pump him up for the all-star game, and we're going to – it's like, dude, this is literally a joke. 
Like, what are you doing? Everyone is just embarrassing themselves in the process of trying to make this look like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like a team that actually deserves any sort of accolades. So, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., I'm reading this on Twitter right now. This is from Casey Johnson. A couple people mentioned it in the chat as well that he apologized to the team after the game. And I do think that throughout his young career, we have seen Carter take accountability more so than literally any very mature in general more more so than anyone in the front office more so than anyone who's coached him carter has actually taken accountability so uh you know it's good that carter says the right things off the floor but he's got to be a next play player he cannot let one bad game one bad shot one missed defensive possession affect him the next play and that's his biggest issue right now uh we have kevin farrigan in the chat and honestly like, just follow Kevin. Don't even take our basketball opinions. Kevin's Kevin's smarter than I am. But Kevin says, you know, Wendell might just not have the mentality needed to be a good NBA player. And, you know, I think that's a smart point by Kevin. It's like, if you are still constantly getting hung up on your bad plays and you can't move on, you know, this is year three, dude. We can't keep making excuses for you. And at this point, Jason... I'm kind of like, if Garpax drafted you, if Garpax signed you, if Garpax traded you, <laughs> traded for you, you're probably not any good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, looking at a few other of these questions here, uh, I see somebody brought up something. This was, I think Chance Rock brought this up earlier, but we haven't brought him up yet. Chandler Hutchison missed at literally five layups like today. Uh, so we, I hadn't mentioned him yet, and he was – ridiculous like make some layups dude he had actually had a pretty nice preseason but literally he was like one of six one of seven every shot at the rim couldn't make a layup and then he also brought up trade scenarios this year for a playmaking point guard could we move Wendell bringing Wendell for Lonzo Ball I would guess not I mean the the Pelicans played really well today they beat the Raptors by 14 and Lonzo nice game 16 points uh four of eight three-point shooting plus 16 he did have five five turnovers but uh they do have Steven Adams at center. Obviously, he's a veteran. But um, I like I, I don't think the Pelicans would trade Lonzo Ball for Wendell Carter, right? I know. I mean, I, I guess Lonzo is going. He did not sign an extension either, so he is going going to be a restricted free agent as well. If he has a nice season, you might they might have to pay him. They obviously just paid Ingram a big deal. Like, do they want to? I don't know how much they want to pay Lonzo, but Lonzo was decent last year, and if they're pretty good this year, like I don't see why they would trade Lonzo for Wendell Carter if he can't make take a sub forward. Hey, Jason, see if you could get Will Gottlieb on stage. You said we could get people on stage. So uh, if oh. you can get him from, I would love to hear Will's, uh, you know, thought process behind the game because Will just kills it with his live tweeting during Bulls games. Lots of great video clips, really good analysis. So if we can get Will on, that would be great. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, we got Will. Will, what's going on, man? What's up, my dudes? Go Bulls. Dude. <laughs> What a disaster. I'm just listening to Ricky just spew the hot takes and it's, it's, you know, usually I wait for it in written form the day after the first game, but it's, it's nice to hear it live. Um, yeah, dude, just like nothing went right. That was so pathetic. I don't even know where to begin. You guys hit on most of the key points, but I think like for me, the most disappointing thing, not even disappointing, but like frustrating is the lead ball handling thing. Like, we talked about this before. You just aren't ever going to have a chance to evaluate Wendell, Lowry, um, any of these guys if you can't set them up. Um, it's just really frustrating. I will say this, though. 
Patrick Williams being able to create his own shot a little bit, maybe kind of circumvents that to where like he doesn't necessarily need somebody to like pass him the ball where he needs it the way that Lowry and Wendell do. So hopefully he can show some more growth because he's really like the only positive looking thing that I can come up with at this point. For sure. And I said at the onset of the season that I thought that, you know, it would be in the Bulls' best interest to just commit to growing Patrick Williams on ball. Will tweeted a lot of clips during this game of Pat Williams throwing nice passes. Now, if I remember correctly, a lot of those passes did not count as assists, or I don't think any of them counted as assists. I might be wrong. Yeah, about guys it. just guys just missed shots. They were just so missing some nice ones. But yeah, he showed the ability to throw a cross court pass, which I mean, how many times have we seen Kobe do it? He was doing it in the first preseason game against the Thunder, not the second preseason game against the Thunder. But, you know, I think it's in their best interest to give Pat Will the ball and let him create in the half court. Uh, I do think that he has more upside in terms of on-ball creation than he showed at Florida State, which was a system where uh, Leonard Hamilton wasn't really letting his guys, you know, go one-on-one and create off the dribble. So I think they got to try to tap into that for Pat Will. If you're looking for... Uh, you know, ways to find silver linings in this game. Will, I'm curious, what do you think of the current front court? Like, for so long, it's been, like, Lowry or Wendell. Now, like, you know, can either of them even be here? And do you think, you know, perhaps Wendell can still provide good defensive value? I do worry I'm overreacting a little bit to Carter because he was very good defensively last year or both years he was in the league. But he looked brutal defensively today, I thought. And his offense is just an abomination. So sort of like, what do you make of the front court situation? Yeah, Wendell looked completely shook today. I don't know what happened, but like he just, it was like full sightus. Like he just forgot how to play. Um, I don't think he'll be this bad, although, like, the offensive end is really frightening to me. Like, I mean, you guys said it. He's just been a complete zero in offense. Um, he's not hitting cutters. They're, like, trying to run some DHO stuff from the elbow. He's not hitting cutters. Uh, they, like, had one post up for him at the beginning of the second half, which is, like, not – He made it. Enough. <laughs> he made it, but it's, like, not efficient offense. Yeah. So, um, that wasn't ideal. But I do think he'll be better on defense. Uh, Lowry, I mean, I think, you know, Kevin's in, in the comments here too. I think we're kind of, I guess I shouldn't speak for Kevin, but I'm kind of over the Lowry experiment. I think, you know, 35% Kevin, Kevin hates Lowry. What are you talking yeah. about? We, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you two are on the same page. I don't want, I don't want to put the words in his mouth, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can bring Kevin on stage. Uh, Kevin, do that. Re- request to speak or Jason in the, uh, in the offstage area, you can find him, tap on his oh, yeah. uh, logo and invite him up. But, yeah, Lowry, I mean, if he's not giving you plus-plus production on offense and he's continuing to, like, not be able to protect the rim, not be able to switch onto smaller players on the perimeter, uh, like, his his IQ is really low in terms of, like, sliding over. Um I just, yeah, I don't really see, like, where you put him. And so I would like to see uh, – they ran out Otto and Patrick Williams at one point today. I like that a lot. I think it's a little bit more versatile, a little bit more shooting. Um, I, I, I like that kind of front court. Um, Hutchison has been all right, but he's also kind of a zero on offense. He was, like, 0 for 5 on layups today, <laughs> which is insane. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm much more – I've given up much more on Lowry than I have on Wendell, although Wendell is not doing himself any favors uh, over the past five games. 
All right, we got Kevin Farrigan on stage now. Kevin is at NBA Couchside on Twitter. Kev, what's going on, man? Uh, give, give me some takes after this game. What What were you thinking? What was your thought process watching this opener from the? Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, am I Am I still on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're good. Good to go. Oh, okay. My My uh, Sorry, my uh, my phone uh, switched to uh, the. Uh, lock screen for a second. Um, you're good. Let it ride. Uh, yeah, the, no, the, the Bulls, uh, they fucking suck. They, <laughs> they sucked last year and, uh, I don't know, um, I know, uh, friendly Bulls blogger has been kind of on this beat a little bit, but like, they, the, the idea that they did, didn't have enough to evaluate some of these guys, like at all, just because of Boylan, is really, I mean, I think it's, this was like probably the yes, first part, yes. the, the, the first part of like, uh, putting the lie to that point because, um, I mean, they were still playing NBA games. They're still NBA players. And like, as bad as his coaching was, like, uh, they still like, there's a lot you could take from, from that. Like, and I don't know. They, Lowry was not all that great, even when he had Fred Hoiberg as his coach and, uh, Wendell, I, I thought he had a lot more. Um, but like I was saying in the, in the chat, like, I just, he just seems like he doesn't have it mentally. Like, um, and also I, the other thing that's surprising to me, and I don't know if it's, you know, if it'll get there eventually, um, uh, and it just hasn't happened because of his, uh, his not getting the ball, but under Boylan really, but he, it, it seems like the game is too fast for him, at least on, at least on offense. Like he misses a lot of reads when he's when they're letting him do like the bam out of bio stuff. Um, and uh, Kobe drives me crazy. I hate watching the Kobe Kobe at uh, point guard experience. He has tunnel vision. Um, I'm just not a big Kobe guy in general. Like he's a guy that uh, doesn't get to the line, um, doesn't get to the rim, and relies on pull up jump shots uh, to basically provide all of his value and. Uh, that's a really hard way to make a living in the NBA. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't feel good about any of their young guys except for Patrick Williams. And, um, you know, I, I feel pretty, I, I mean, I feel really good about him after watching some of his stuff. I think he's kind of, uh, Steph's been on the, Steph and Noah has been on the, um, the deflections and steals and things like that. Like, he's got great hands, um, in addition to his hands being, like, huge. But, I don't know. This team sucks, and it it sucks to know uh, just how bad they suck immediately. But I don't know. Hopefully, it's um, AK is starting to get uh, you know a pretty rapid understanding of where they are they're at. But to to not change anything about this team except for to let two of your best defenders go um, just seemed really stupid and uh, was kind of proven to be tonight. I think. So we're gonna do this like it's uh, like it's a sports radio show so caller kevin you're on cash considerations give us your hottest bulls takes after watching that opener right now this team is dumb and none of them would have passed the uh act that derrick rose didn't take (laughs) (laughs) which doesn't matter either test basically anytime you see a team that goes to zone defense and has success it's one of two things. Either they're lacking athleticism, which this Bulls team is not, or they're too stupid to play a man-to-man help defense with certain types of schemes. 
And then you look at the offensive side and the inability to pass the ball around to open guys, whether that's from the transition offense or when they're in set pieces. It's just so frustrating to think that none of these guys have really any basketball IQ. And then on top of that, Adam Akoka is like your two-way player coming off the bench. That's the guy you choose. I know that Sadoransky's out. I know they're missing Thad Young. But if that guy's going to play any minutes on your team and Arch is going to be like the seventh man, you are not going to have any success this season. And on top of that, you're going to ruin the trade value of anybody on the Yeah, I think uh, – I actually don't mind zone defense. I mean, there's been – a lot of the best teams in the league have mixed in zone defense over the last two years. Heat did it a lot. Raptors did it a lot. I personally think you need to have that in your bag of tricks, and it's good they were working on it in the preseason and early in the regular season. But here's the thing. You only need that in your bag of tricks if you're going to compete for anything. And they don't have any talent to actually compete for anything. I fully agree with what Kev was just saying about the lack of passing. I think it's a glaring weakness on this team. And at this point, like, I'll, I'll pose this question to uh, to Jason, Will, and Kevin Farrigan. What does this team do well? Uh... They can get hot sometimes offensively. If, I mean, obviously they've only played one game, but like, literally it's probably going to be like, they need Zach and Kobe to go off with their, with like, big scoring bitches. Like, it's right now, like, I'm not sure how they're going to stop teams. Like, if they're going to be playing like this, obviously again, they're working on this new defensive scheme that drop coverage. They will, they'll play worse deep offensive teams. Again, the Hawks look, look like they're going to be really good offensively. They'll, they'll get, teams will miss shots, whatever. Uh, but still, like, I mean, just the total lack of defensive effort, lack of defensive, just any type of resistance, like, they don't seem like they're going to be good defensively. Offensively, like, again, I think it's going to be if Kobe and Zach are hitting shots, the Bulls will stay in games. They'll be competitive in some games. But uh, can you rely on Lowry to hit shots? No. Can you rely on Wendell to do anything? No. Can you rely on, like, any – I mean, I Patrick Williams, obviously, hopefully he does comes along. But, I mean, you're not going to – you shouldn't rely on him to score a lot. So, like – yeah, they really don't have anything they can hang their head on right now other than maybe Zach and Kobe just having some scoring binges, and that's about it. I got to step down in a second, so I want to just leave you guys with this. But um, I think, like, last year, at least, like, the defense was pretty good in the first half. They got away with a lot of steals and runouts. Um, and their shot profile was pretty good in terms of, like, corner threes um, and high spread pick and roll and stuff like that. I think they need to, like, find an identity here because the answer to your question, Ricky, is – I don't really think they're good at anything yet because they don't know who they are. They haven't like established a style of play on either on either side. I think the defense is going to take a huge step back because of the drop coverage. Um, and people have been all over that in terms of like giving up pick and pop threes. So yeah, I'm kind of at a loss until something establishes itself. Um, but I got to go. You guys should continue to bring people up on stage, but it's fun to chat on cash considerations. I'll see you guys soon. Take it easy, Will. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, Kevin, I oh, to yeah. this. do you think the Bulls do anything well, or do you think they will do anything well? Obviously, tonight they did not do anything well. Do you think there's anything they both they can even hang their head on at all? I'm, I'm guessing you're going to say no, because I, I know you are <laughs> very negative on this team. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think just to kind of echo what Will just said, I mean, what one of the things that they – used to be able to hang their hat on was like um so i mean uh, to take a step back on that like one of the things is is if you have less talent 
in any sport, but in particular in basketball, like one of the things you can do to try to um, get rid of to reduce that uh, talent imbalance is to employ like high variance um, strategies uh, to uh, so like the Bulls. Um, the Bulls doing their blitzing defensive scheme and basically just gambling for steals almost every time down. Like they were a top, like they were in the top half of defenses last year. And I think that that really masked a lot of their um, lack of talent. Uh, and, you know, I know that it didn't work in the clutch and like teams picked it apart when they were really trying um, to make the extra pass and, were locked in and not making lazy passes that Chris Dunn or Shaq uh, Harrison could uh, pick off. Incidentally, they lost two of their better <laughs> defensive players. So, um, and also two guys that really fit well in that um, defensive scheme that Boylan was was using. And I mean, I, I think that uh, that was like really their only identity last year was that they um, th- that they employed some high variant strategies. They took a lot of threes. Uh, but they just couldn't make them. Um, but like, that's, again, that, that's kind of how you um, try to, to get rid of some of the, the talent disparity. But that's, again, like going back to the thing I was saying before about um, AK claiming to not be able to evaluate uh, these guys based on, you know, how bad the coaching was. It was like the coaching was, was done. And I, I can't believe I'm defending Jim Boylan, but like a lot of the coaching strategies were done because this team doesn't have any fucking talent. And so like, uh, you know, maybe they should have been building better habits because they're such a young team and, you know, going for the short term high variant strategies to try to win games was not the best in turn, instead of, you know, doing what they're doing now with Donovan to, try to build good habits, but like you can have all the good habits you want. If you're not good enough, if your talent base is just so poor, it doesn't matter. And I just feel like that's where they're at. Like, I guess they have a couple of guys that are pretty good, um, tough shot makers, like with Kobe and Zach, but like, that's not a thing you want to be good at, you know, unless you have like a bunch of other things that you're good at. And like, that's the extra sweetener to put you over the top in terms of like tight playoff games. But this team isn't playing any playoff games at least for another three or four years, probably. Uh, so I, I do want to say though, that I, there's going to be games where Zach and Kobe get hot and it's going to be sort of fun to watch. Uh, I just, I, I just agree with Kevin there though, that you can't really hang your hat on that, but I don't think the bulls are going to be the worst team in the league. We're seeing some chat in the discussion during this podcast. The bulls are going to be the worst team in the league. I've seen it on Twitter too. I don't really think that's going to be the case. I mean, it seemed like the thunder, which basically is starting a G league second unit unit and is likely to sell off like Horford, Ariza, George Hill, those guys uh, during the season. I think the thunder are going to be worse. The Cavs are going to be worse. The uh, Knicks are going to be worse. So, there's going to be games that the Bulls win just based on Kobe and Zach's tough shot making, but there's nothing this team does well that is sustainable from a night-after-night basis that's foundational. And we will get to ZW Martin. Z-Dub, thanks for joining us. But, Kevin, we did have a question in the chat uh, asking us to evaluate Billy Donovan's first game. So, I don't know, Jason or Kevin, if either of you guys want to tackle that one, what you saw from Donovan today, or if you have any actual, like, incisive analysis from the first game. I I mean, it's just kind of hard to say. I mean, because, I mean, again, they're playing Arch and Makoka as, like, the sixth and seventh men tonight. So, like, I mean, I guess you could criticize him for that, but he, he, I saw a quote of his about Makoka that basically, like, he wanted someone who could try to defend. Obviously, it didn't really help, but, like, 
and obviously the zone defense was something that was brought up and something that was kind of talked about. Like, I mean, I don't hate trying it. Like, they were obviously getting absolutely roasted in their base drop coverage. So, like, you might as well try something different. And obviously, I think over over the course of the season, we'll see them mixing up whether it's drop, whether it's some blitzing, whether it's zone. Uh, I guess I'm curious if they, if, if they try blitzing this year, if they even have the personnel to do it as much since they don't have Chris Sun, Shaq Harrison. I think Patrick Williams is probably a guy you can do that with. I think Wendell can kind of blitz. Hopefully, again, he does not look that great defensively yet, but and he might be in his own head right now. So, like, it's, I guess it's hard to say, like, how, like, Billy Donovan's first game was. Like, he, obviously, he did, he did start Patrick Williams over Otto Porter Jr. I did kind of mention before, like, I, did, I didn't mind it, with, especially with Sadransky out, to have Otto Porter coming off the bench to give the bench unit a little more juice. But, like, in terms of, like, whatever rotations, defensive stuff, like, it is kind of hard to say just because they all, everybody looked so bad and they were just already, they were down by so big early where he was, I guess, looking for guys who would at least try with, in terms of like Makoka, Arch, Hutchinson. But, but it's brutal. Like those are guys, if you're playing those guys big minutes, you're fucked. Like you just have no chance. So like I understand why he's looking at those guys who are giving effort, but like they're just not good enough at basketball. So they're just, you're just going to be screwed, uh, in that situation. So like, I mean, it's, for, for Billy, I mean, it's just almost like incomplete. It's just, it's just kind of hard to say because they were just so bad from the, from the opening tip that it's brutal. I, I, I guess I know with coaching, like, I saw Wendell come out today say, and he said that, like, I just didn't give enough effort. Like, I know a lot of people will say, like, you know, like, it's the coach needs to, like, get your guys ready to play, and they were clearly not ready to play. But, I mean, obviously that's also on the players as well. They need to take some ownership of that, and Wendell did. So, like, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard. It's hard to say, especially with if, if you, you think the team does not have enough talent and you're trying a new system and you're playing a team that was on fire and has a lot of talent in the Hawks that it just was like a perfect storm to make it all look like total shit. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, I mean, I, I didn't, I haven't gone back and watched, obviously the game just ended not that long ago. And so like to do any sort of like real breakdown of what he was doing uh, from a coaching perspective, um, you know, I don't have any strong takes there. I, I will say that I, I agree with Jason that like Arch, um, even Alfredo Hutchinson in there, uh, and, uh, Makoka getting like significant minutes is a problem, but that's like, that's not a Billy Donovan problem. That's a roster construction problem. Although I will say that like Arch getting as many minutes as he does is like been infuriating to me for multiple years running. It's just like, very much an indicator of what a clown show franchise the Bulls are. That like, I, I, actually, I, 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 just jump in. Like, I was actually thinking the same thing. Like, like Arch tries his ass off. Like, I made fun of Arch when they signed him, and like when they had him. Like, he, like this guy can't play in the NBA, and like he's like totally fine if he's like your 14th or 15th man, whatever. So like, but like it's literally going on what three years now where he's like getting rotation minutes all the time, and it's like you're just not a serious franchise if this dude is playing like 20 minutes a game for you. Like, like come on. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's total clown show shit. And it's like, he, and Arch seems like a, you know, perfectly nice guy. I, you know, obviously I don't know him. He, he does try really hard, but like, it's such like meatball try hardy, uh, like almost like seems like it's playing to the, like a certain segment of the fan base that it's just like, it, it just Racist. makes me roll. <laughs> it just makes me roll my eyes and be like, 
what kind of like joke ass franchise is this that that this guy continues like I have talked to people that work for teams um, or have worked for teams in the past and they're like yeah that guy should not be an NBA player like the fact that his usage rate is so low is a huge red flag because it means he doesn't pressure the defense at all like I know uh, you know he's John Paxson loves him because he's a uh, you know, white guy shooter who, who uh, try, tries real hard on defense, which uh, sounds like another guy that I know, but he, that's, you can't be a, a, a primary ball handler in the NBA and have like a sub 15% usage rate. Like, it's just a joke. You're not pressuring the defense. You're not making anybody worry about you. And even like his high percentage on uh, three pointers that he hits is like, all based on the fact that he shoots like a crazy low volume because he only shoots when he's wide open. And it's just like, he's gotten a little bit better about that, but it's just like that guy is not a 20 minute a game or he's not even a like 10 minute a game player in the NBA. And the Bulls gave him guaranteed money <laughs> and above the minimum for multiple years. And it's just like this fucking franchise is a joke. And, um, you know, that, that's just, like, another indicator of it. I really, like, today, like, really just made me feel like this franchise is so far away from being remotely close to anything resembling a halfway good basketball team. And, like, some of that was, you know, the Hawks just making a shitload of shots, but that part was predictable. I mean, uh, Stefan No in our group DM uh, predicted it. He was like, well, the Bulls have been getting roasted by shooting bigs, and the uh, – the Hawks have a bunch of those, and guess what? That's exactly what happened. They uh, got hot, and they made freaking everything. They were getting open threes everywhere. And the Bulls, because they aren't as talented at shot-making, except with the exceptions of Zach and Kobe, uh, could not make anything. And yeah. it's just – they're just a garbage, <laughs> garbage team, and they don't really have a lot of paths to getting way better. Um, I think they really should uh, – Think about trading Zach, but like I also don't know what you get back for him because he's um because he's like the kind of guy that you would want to trade to a contender, but you ideally want to get picks back because again, like Ricky was saying earlier, we're in year four of the rebuild and it's really year one because one because the, the roster is trash. Uh, I want to go. We're gonna do this like a like a sports radio show. So, yeah, caller ZW Martin on the line. ZW, Bulls just get blown out. Opening night. Uh, what, what are you thinking? What are your takes on this Bulls? Ricky, Jason, how you doing? And team. And team. Uh, two things. I, Ricky, as you know, I come from a baseball uh, background, and we help guys that are like right-hand hitters, double hitters, that don't run very well tweeners. And it seems like Kobe's a tweener, a guy who can't really play quarter or center field. They're trying to make him a point guard. So that whole draft pick seemed like a, a draft and pray type situation because if you're going to draft a point guard, you draft a point guard. It seems like they were just hoping he'd turn into one. And then I have a question on top of that. You can talk about that. Was You are just talking about it right now. What is the best pick and who is it that the Bulls can get? Best pick or two from trading away right now. Yeah, to me, and I think this is interesting. We were talking a little bit about it privately, but, you know, if you're going to trade Zach Levine, I think the only team that's going to really want him or the only type of team that's going to want him is going to be a contender. And those teams aren't going to have high draft picks to trade you. So I think it is in the Bulls' best interest to try to just target young players from other franchises that might have some upside left. Like, you know, I don't know, whoever you can get, 
around the league that you think might have some untapped upside, I think that that's probably the better play. Like, get two or three young guys as opposed to trying to get, you know, a first-round draft pick for Zach, which might only end up in the 20. So, uh, you know, I, I do think that, like, these are the conversations that deserve to be had, though, after such a bad first game. We do have Mark on from Bulls HQ. Mark is one of the absolute best follows. If you are a Bulls fan, I'm sure you're already following Mark if you're listening to this. If you're not, make sure you are. So, Mark, thank you for joining us. Uh, what were what was your reaction to this opening night catastrophe for the Bulls against the Hawks? Fellas, well, firstly, can I just say I, I opened the, the locker room app and just tuned in late here, but uh, I, I logged in during the time where you guys were absolutely slandering Ryan Archidiakono. So, firstly, I, I'm, I'm disappointed in that. But um, I think the biggest <laughs> problem that I saw tonight was just the defense. <laughs> just, just, just the defense itself was just shocking. I mean, we could talk about the the offense, how bad Kobe looked as a point guard, how bad certain players looked on offense, and all that sort of stuff. But I thought the defense was just completely miserable. I mean, giving up forty points in the first two quarters of an NBA season. Uh, I mean, my God, that is bad. And if, you, if you're just going to be that bad defensively, then I, I don't really care about anything else because nothing else is going to function or work. So the point of attack on defense from guys like Kobe, Zach Levine, whoever was guarding the pick and roll as a ball handler, my God, were they bad. And that was the biggest takeaway for me, at least. Yeah, and then it's not just, you know, the guarding the ball handler, like, like Kobe guarding the ball handler in the pick and roll. It's like, where's the drop defense from the front court? You know what I mean? Or like, what? where is the help side rotation? We saw Patrick Williams have one nice help side rotation for a block early in the game. But in general, there was nothing protecting the rim in this game. The point of attack defense was terrible. The team defense was terrible. I mean, this was an abomination from the top down. So I know that Throughout this episode, we've been really negative. We probably should wrap it up at this point. It's been an hour. I don't think we're going to uncover, uncover anything new at this point. Uh, so I'll let you sort of handle uh, wrapping it up, Jason, uh, if you have anything else to add. But uh, I, I get that there's a, there's an immediate, immediate reflexive reaction to be like, you guys are overreacting. It's the first game of the season. They haven't played in nine months. They're learning a new system. They have a new coach. They have a young team. And I get all that. And that's all fine. But it is unbelievably disappointing that you cannot point to a single player on this roster and say that they've made any noticeable improvements in the preseason or this first game. I do think Kobe's going to put up scoring numbers, like he put up scoring numbers at the end of last season. But what's the impact on winning going to be? And we saw what the impact on winning was when Zach was the guy who was burdened with the creation. Last season, they finished 29th in offense. And I just don't see any ceiling with this rebuild right now. Patrick Williams has it. No one else has it. And to me, that's the most disappointing thing. It's like it's like being stuck in a dead-end job, you know? Like, being in an entry-level job is fine as long as you have upward mobility to eventually one day reach your goals. The Bulls don't really have that upward mobility right now, and that's personally what I find to be so disappointing about this game is that I think it just it, it really exposes them at every level, like Kevin said. So, Jason, I'll kick it to you. I think that's that's it for me in this one. And uh, to anyone who joined, I really enjoyed doing this, and I loved reading the discussion. So hopefully we can do some more uh, podcasts in this app. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, so I guess if we want to try to end on a positive note after a terrible thing. Just finish with Patrick Williams. It, get any of your guys, other guys' takes on this. What do you think of Patrick Williams and his possible ceiling? I thought he did look pretty good tonight, hitting some of the jump shots. I liked his aggressiveness. He like he did, at least he doesn't seem 
Like, I mean, he, he already looked like that he is not scared like Wendell has looked. Like, uh, not afraid to put the ball on the floor and drive to the basket. He, like I said, he took, was taking jumpers, was not hesitant there. So I guess, like, Kevin, Mark, whatever, like, what do you guys think of Patrick Williams? Do you think, like, this could actually be an actual two-way player for the Bulls? Because they have, like, actual no actual two-way players. Maybe him? What do you guys think? Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll jump in. Um, the I think Patrick Williams. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, he's the only young guy on the Bulls anymore that I I have any sort of faith in. And I mean, he's 19. He's just played his first and actual NBA game. Um, but like, you just look at like the profile. Uh, you know, he's a big, athletic guy, huge hands, has really, really, really good um, defensive instincts. Um, that I think. Even the people that were pretty high on him, uh, sort of in draft Twitter, um, I think, uh, either it wasn't on the tape at Florida State, uh, and only really showed up in, in preseason. Um, but I know that Steph, uh, no had, uh, he's written about Patrick Williams a couple of times, I think already. And, uh, yeah, he just has great, like, stuff that you don't typically see, uh, in terms of understanding rotations, understanding, um, when to crash the glass, like, just like really, like, nuanced, subtle understandings of the game, um, on really on both ends. Uh, and then like, he's got a, um, a really nice dribble package for already for somebody at his age, uh, and, uh, his size and athleticism. And I think he, his jumper looks, you know, really, really good. Um, so I, I am very high on him. I think the only, the thing that's going to probably be make or break for him in terms of whether he's like a high level role player versus, maybe a future star is um, his playmaking and uh, will um, Gottlieb, he, he posted a, some uh, clips of some of the nice cross court, pa- like one handed uh, passes that uh, Williams was, was whipping around um, during the game. And he's done that a little bit in the preseason as well. So like there are really positive indicators there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel really good about Patrick Williams, but it's just like, He's in, you know, basically development hell right now because everybody else on this team is not good. Mark, do you have any Patrick Williams takes? Yeah, well, I mean, the the, the main thing that comes away for me is a couple a couple of things. One, he just looks super confident, um, and to me. I don't know if I'm um, I'm reaching here trying to find some angles or just trying to maybe uh, come to the defensive guys like Carter and and Markinen, but to me it looks like a guy who hasn't been um, completely demolished uh, demolished rather of two, having two or three seasons in playing in just terrible schemes in basketball. So he's just obviously walked into a a new team where he's been quite comfortable, but clearly he's one of very few two-way players on this roster, and um, maybe more importantly, I th- he seems to be in a role that makes sense for him, where he's kind of the third or fourth option coming in, and he's just able to play that role behind Kobe and Zach. So he does, in that sense, have these some advantages that maybe some of these other younger guys didn't have when they came in. But yeah, he's probably the, the lone player at this point that I'm um, I'm high on. But um, I'm trying to just decipher how much of that is. Uh, my, uh, you know, my, my issues with the, the remaining guys on the team versus Patrick Williams, the other hype of Patrick Williams initially, and, and the fact that maybe he just hasn't, isn't just carrying the same burdens that these other guys have had to go through the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. All right. Uh, our guys, DW Martin, you have any other takes here? Are we good? I think we're going to wrap it up here. You guys are the pros. <laughs> awesome. 
All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we got pretty good, uh, great stuff in the chat. A lot of, uh, a lot of involvement here. Kevin, Mark, uh, Zach, all these guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for us, cash considerations, obviously, uh, part of the Blue Wire Network. Shout out to our sponsors, Indeed and Bet Online. Uh, shout out to them again. We have a bunch of great pods across the Blue Wire Network. And I know a lot, I know some of the other guys are also doing locker room stuff here. So a lot of good stuff here in the locker room app, a bunch of good conversations. It's really fun to kind of do this different format here where we get to talk to all you guys. So it's a lot of fun. So, uh, again, the Bulls next game is, I believe that's what Saturday. We got a couple days off. We got Christmas Eve tomorrow, Christmas Day, and the Bulls then play, I think it's the Pacers on Saturday. Then I think the Warriors right after that. I think I, I believe that's a back-to-back. I have to look that up. But uh, I mean, the Pacers are obviously a pretty good team. That's another playoff team. The Pacers beat the Bulls' ass last year pretty handily. Uh, so that's going to be a tough game. We'll see if the Bulls can bounce back. Uh, can't really get much worse than uh, what we saw tonight. So hopefully they burn this tape, bring some better effort against the Pacers, and at least if anything, be a little bit more competitive. But uh, that's about all from us here at Cash Considerations from me and Ricky. Thanks again to everybody else. Uh, have a Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys probably sometime in the next week after the next couple of games. So, uh, again, can't get much worse than tonight. Hopefully things get better in the next few days. Take it easy, guys, and Merry Christmas.